Come up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Time for the fabulous fifth quarter. Oh, yeah. And it's not just the fifth quarter. Mm-hmm. It's the final quarter of the week. And not just any week, Rod. Mm-hmm. It's Texas OU week. Hey, Texas man. OU game tomorrow. Damn right. Remember, uh, as soon as this show is over at 11, I'll be loading up and headed up to Dallas. I'll be setting up at uh, Terry Black's Barbecue this afternoon right in downtown Dallas on Main Street over in Deep Ellum. Uh, we'll be set up and ready to go from 3 to 7, 3 to 4. The guys from inside Texas, Bobby Burton and... Uh, Jerry Hamilton Hamilton are going to be recording a live cast on their On Texas Football channel. And then at 4, we will go live from 4 to 7 here on the Horn. We're going to uh, dump an hour of the Rich Eisen Show, preempt an hour of the Rich Eisen Show, so we can talk Texas and OU from Dallas. Encourage everybody to come on out, get a spot. Plenty of parking there in downtown, which is always an issue. they got their own parking lot. It'll fill up, but they also have a public parking lot right across the street from their parking lot on Main Street. Um, there's all kinds of stuff down there, uh, Deep Ellum, that area. Very cool. But Terry Black's Barbecue, the coolest, mm-hmm. with the best barbecue in Texas. And then football talking, cold bud lights, good friends, burnt orange, the whole bit. Uh, so come on out. I'll be there. Yes, I'm making the trip right up uh, after this program ends. So I should think I should be on the ground by 2, 2.30, Ron. Be safe on that road, people, and you be safe on the road, too. Yeah, clear a path for you. Yeah, Don't man. be blocking the left lane. Don't be. Yeah, with your Dodge trucks. You. <laughs> bunch of Dodge Ram trucks. <laughs> hey, we have a trade, Rod. We have a trade in Major League yes, Football. Major League Football. In, in the NFL, um, the Chase Claypool experiment in Chicago is already over. Damn, that was that a one was it one year, one yeah. plus years? I think it raised a lot of eyebrows when they traded for him from Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh don't want their wide receiver. You shouldn't want him either. And and yeah, and Pittsburgh they gave Pittsburgh a second round pick, which ended up being the first pick of the second round, which is damn near a first round pick. And he lasted all of a, a year with them. And uh, good. he's going to the Miami Dolphins to join mm. the track team known as the Dolphins. Yeah, that may, I mean, he is, he's got some speed now. He's, four, he's a low 4'4", four, four, so he can run. Well, remember, he, at the, the, he is a combine dude, 100%. Now, he was a decent, he was a pretty good player at Notre Dame. Okay, pretty good player at Notre Dame. Then he went to the combine at 200 and almost 40 pounds and ran 4'4", four, four, and he's got long arms, he's a tall guy. But he's a he's a he's not the hardest worker apparently in two stops now that uh, and he's kind of a me guy, so he's going to Miami to join Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Raheem Mostert, Devon uh, H N H N and the Speedsters. So we'll see. I mean, I, I'm sure Mike McDaniel's is saying, you know what, give us another one. Yeah, I mean, and I, listen, some size. The the beauty of the Speedsters that uh, Mike McDaniel has acquired, they actually are wide receivers who can create separation with their speed, and their their speed actually helps their route-running ability. That's the case for Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I'm not sure dog, man. Chase Claypool's speed actually helps his route-running ability. I think he's just got speed. Just speed. We've seen receivers with just speed with no route-running ability, no separation. You know, you know, those guys are dime a dozen in the NFL. And I think he may be one of those guys. Just because you're fast doesn't necessarily make you a great wide receiver. It helps because it helps your ability to separate. But that's like saying being well-endowed makes you a great lover. It doesn't. It helps. But there are a lot of other things that have to play a role in you being a great lover, not just being well-endowed. Even though I don't have to worry about that. I'm just saying for y'all. There you go. <laughs> that's that for y'all. y'all. Say that for y'all. <laughs> well, another speedster, but obviously a size receiver to go with, with Waddle and Hill and um, – you know, we'll see. It's, it, they didn't give up much to get them. They're giving up. They're swapping I like know. seventh and sixth round picks. Yeah, that was pretty cheap. If I was the Texans, I would have did that, actually. 
What's that? Claypool? Yeah, but you don't want toxicity in that locker room with no. that young quarterback, and he may be toxic. Yeah, well, I mean, he was going to be traded. They're, they're, they were ready to be. He's been inactive the last two weeks, and so, uh, you know, he's, he was on his way out. Hey, can I play this for you? You were talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive coordinator. You don't like him. The Steelers fans don't like him. You know, you know who else doesn't like him? Who that? Listen to him. Man, the Pittsburgh Steelers need a new f***ing offensive coordinator. This guy sucks. Coach Tomlin, this is Snoop Dogg, man. Fire that mother Get us a real offensive coordinator. <laughs> I'm telling, I don't know what's I don't know what dirt Matt Canada has on Mike Tomlin, but it's crazy at this point, guys. Even Snoop speaking out against it. I've been talking about it for like two weeks. You, he's got to do something. Over 40% of their offensive plays have failed to gain a yard. A yard! What the hell's going give me, on? Give me that again, Cole, from Snoop Dogg. He's saying it real. You say it real, Rod. He says Come it real. Come on. Man, the Pittsburgh Steelers need a new f***ing offensive coordinator. This guy sucks. Coach Tomlin, this is Snoop Dogg, man. Fire that mother Get us a real offensive coordinator. That's too good. <laughs> oh, man, that is too good. That is fantastic. He's, he sounds so hurt, too, though. He sounds genuine. Like, come on, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, this is Snoop. Like, Mike Tomlin didn't know it was Snoop Dogg. Exactly. Mike Tomlin, this is Snoop Dogg. He's <laughs> like, oh, we, we know it's Snoop Dogg. Oh, that's great. That, that is, is so funny. That's well done. Well done there. It's good yeah. audio. That's good. That's good. <laughs> hey, Mike Tomlin, this is Snoop Dogg. Is he, is he a Steelers fan? I guess. I didn't know Snoop Dogg was that. Maybe he's just tired of watching bad offense. <laughs> I think he likes the Steelers. Oh, that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, this number, and I watched him play the Texans. I, I, it's hard for me to believe that the same team I watched play the Raiders on Sunday night turned around and played the Texans last Sunday. There's like two different teams, and I, it, it, it speaks to the Raiders too. You know, They're in trouble. I man. think, but uh, Pittsburgh plays Baltimore this this weekend, uh, this Sunday, and if it doesn't go well, Baltimore's coming to town. If Baltimore were to win that game, they take full control of that division early, because the but the you know the Bengals have a Joe Burrow problem. With his calf, I don't know that he gets healthy this year. The no. Browns are the Browns. They might need to shut it down and just get a good draft pick and wait for next year. Yeah, I don't know, man. Because uh, I don't think the I don't think the, the Bengals are not gonna they're not gonna make the playoffs now. Like, I don't think so. Not if not if Joe Burrow can't move. Now they think it's gonna get healthy. If he doesn't re-injure it, it'll keep getting healthier. They've scored forty nine points so far this season. That's the lowest point total of any team in the league. Only one out of 64 teams to score under 50 points in the first four games have ever made the playoffs since 1990. Yeah. yeah. One. No, it's, they it's bad. They the playoffs. And, uh, Shut it down. Well, and Snoop Dogg has a message for <laughs> Mike Tomlin. <laughs> Can we play here one more time? I need to hear Snoop one more time. I need to hear Snoop one more time. makes me laugh. It's Friday. Man, the Pittsburgh Steelers need a new an offensive coordinator. This guy sucks. Coach Tomlin, this is Snoop Dogg, man. Fire that mother Get us a real offensive coordinator. Thank you, sir. And now the theory is that Matt Canada has a burner account. He's on Twitter yeah. trying to go, go at dispute, people who are criticizing. Yeah, and, and, and people are criticizing Matt Canada. Now he's taking up for Matt Canada himself on a, with a burner account. So who knows? All right. Who uh, knows? Now I'm seeing the highlights of Dick Butkus oh, on ESPN. That's crazy. My two favorite, if you go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you know, you can push a button and it's interactive and you can watch the highlight reels. And the two the two most popular are Dick Butkus and Earl Campbell. Yeah, because Earl Campbell's highlights are just oh, crazy. Dick Butkus and Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell didn't make it to the Hall of Fame with stats. He made it because of the eye test. He only played six years. 
Yeah, five know. where he was productive. Rick, yeah. Ricky Williams got more rushing yards than Earl Campbell. <laughs> I know. Uh, Jamal Charles does too, doesn't he? Mm, I think I you're think. right. Hey, can we go to the Vaqueros hotline? And we're talking all things football. Texas OU, of course, will have a burn orange curtain before the top bottom of the hour. But look who it is right now. The other biggest game of the weekend in these parts, the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Dallas Cowboys. And he is a radio host on 95.7 The Game out in San Francisco. Uh, he is Daryl the Guru Johnson. Daryl, how are you? I'm okay, but I'm laughing because I hadn't heard the Snoop Dogg bite, but it's kind of hilarious. And the funny thing about it is, forget the ganja, Snoop, there's some validity to that. <laughs> it is good. Snoop knows football, but he ain't happy with Canada and company. Oh, boy. Hey. How you guys doing? Uh, doing great, Guru. Good, man. Now, you got to be happy with uh, your offense there in San Francisco, 30 points or more in every game this year. Uh, it finally feels like the Niners have their quarterback um, that they've been looking for, whether they found him in the seventh round or not. Uh, what, how good is this offense? Let me tell you this. I don't know if you guys know this briefly. Um, my dad is from Bullard, Texas. My job is hard. I'm born and raised in the Bay Area. <laughs> I'm a diehard Cowboy fan Ooh. on the Niner Airways. Wow. But to answer your question, Brock Purdy is everything I thought Dak Prescott was going to be. And I'm starting to feel like there's shade and hate coming towards Brock Purdy's way just because it looks like he hasn't faced any adversity. And he's not getting any credit for that. He's processing. He's reading. He's getting rid of the ball. So all these unique weapons Kyle Shanahan has put together. And right now, guys, I know you could give it, we could say Miami, but this Niner offense with the weaponry they have, and Kyle's play calling, to me, is the best offense in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And as a Cowboy fan, I'm jealous. The Niners are for real. Hey, Guru, I like the way you put that. I think it is the best offense. It may be the toughest to stop and match up with. But if there is a defense, and you're a Cowboys fan, so you know that if there's a defense that can match up with that that uh, that monster of multiplicity and that multifunctional, multidimensional Frankenstein monster of a positionless football that is the 49er offense, it would be Dan Quinn's positionless football defense because he's built it in a very similar manner. Maybe it's because of the time they spent together in Atlanta, but don't you think the Dallas defense probably matches up as well? well with that 49 offense as any defense in the league potentially you know what that's a great point and sometimes i nerd out and i watch games back but forget the mona lisa if i saw dan quinn i would shake his hand because that divisional playoff uh game last year at san francisco hmm. was the last time this niner offense was held under 30 points that Brock Purdy started and finished the game wow. they should have won the game they kept all these these weapons at bay, and it was just sad that the quarterback threw the ball away. But Dan Quinn, I feel like, got the best of Kyle that afternoon, but unfortunately he didn't get the win. And now, unfortunately for Dallas, to me, there is no Trayvon Diggs. Deron Bland playing, but he's not Diggs, and I'm curious to see how they plan to attack this Niner offense. Uh, a unicorn. He's a Cowboys fan in the Bay Area, <laughs> yeah. so knowledgeable oh. on both. Uh, and obviously, you you kind of alluded to Dak Prescott. I mean, obviously, last year when Tony Pollard broke his foot and was hurt, um, you know, they really didn't have enough weapons, and Dak just didn't play well. That's two Januarys in a row that Dak uh, did, came up small in the biggest moment against the Niners. Obviously, a lot of spotlight on him on Sunday night. No doubt about it. And he's saying all the right thing at the podium, but we all know games are not won or lost. 
at the podium. But uh, I feel like he understands the pressure. He's in the state of Texas. They take it serious. We all know this. So he's running a new offense. And Mike McCarthy basically, without saying it, and Jerry spoke on it, they're trying to take the ball out of his hands um, less. And Kellen Moore, even though they had the number one red zone offense under him, he didn't run the ball and get the defense, uh, keep the Dallas defense rested on the sideline. So now I think the only way Dallas can win is if you keep this Niner offense on the sideline. How do you do that? We all know ball control. But what concerns me is uh, a lot of people laughed and thought Ezekiel Elliott was done. I didn't because you need those body punches and those hard yards. And Tony Pollard, as great as he is, that's not his specialty. So I want to see how Dallas runs the ball, if they can, to ball control and keep the Niner offense on the side on the sideline. Daryl, the guru Johnson, joining us right now. Uh, you can find him via Twitter at uh, capital D D D Guru uh, G U R U. And let me ask you this, uh, Guru, because they got obviously the Trey Lance trade. That's a connection between the Cowboys and the Forty ers and we just don't know how to quantify and how much of a factor it'll be. But Trey Lance has intimate knowledge and familiarity with that with that 49ers offense. How much of that knowledge can the Cowboys extract? And could that be a factor in them gaining some insight on how to stop this 49er offense? Listen, great question. I don't want to be rude because I play sports. I wasn't, I wasn't good enough to make it to the pros. That's my dream. Um, I apologize to Kyle Shanahan. Let me tell you why. Uh, he passed on uh, Deshaun Watson uh, before Massage Gate and Patrick Mahomes. And I always thought, you know what, is a dual-threat quarterback, not the black quarterback, but it was a part of that. Is that just not his cup of tea? And he shocks everybody, and he goes up and gets Trey Lance. And I was on the airwaves barking, you know, give the guy an opportunity. He got hurt. You treated him like Earl Campbell. What's going on? So I'm not trying to be Eddie Murphy here. I rooted for Trey Lance. He got his opportunity. He didn't do his part. He didn't read it going back to Brock Purdy. He didn't process it. So when I saw that headline this morning about Trey Lance helping Dallas, I spit my coffee out. It's like, you know what? I don't even know how much of the offense he mastered. Well, with that said, I think Dallas the last two years had played the Niners in the playoffs. They don't need any intel from Trey Lance. You know what this team is. You know what you need to do. You need to execute and take care of the ball. So that's what this game is about. But I just don't think Trey Lance telling them this or that is going to put them over the top. You got to go punch the bully in the mouth, and that's going to be done on the offensive, defensive side of the ball. Uh, very knowledgeable stuff and passionate with Daryl the Guru Johnson, part of the Steiny and Guru Show, twelve to three on the uh, the great radio station ninety five seven the uh, the game out there in San Francisco. Hey Daryl, uh, where'd you say you were born in Texas? What city? Uh, my dad was born in Buller, Texas. Buller. I was born in Oakland, California. Yeah, Buller, Texas. Buller, Texas. Mm. Okay, that's where your dad was born. So that's, <laughs> why, that's where you get your Cowboys affinity. Hey, there are some, and Rod over there has, has mentioned this. Christian McCaffrey has been phenomenal. He's you know off to the to an MVP season, uh, running the ball four touchdowns last week. Any, any fear in the Bay Area that his 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 uh, his usage rate is a little too high? I mean, he's 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 on the field almost every snap. Uh, they still have Elijah Mitchell there. Do you think that's something he can sustain for the whole season? That, that that's incredible. That was a topic on the show yesterday, and I was like, 
you know, I think it's, what, at 48% right yeah, now of high. the offense is McCaffrey. And when you look at Kyle Shanahan, when you go back to Mostert, Breida, even Elijah Mitchell, they Niner court running backs always get hurt. So mm-hmm. I guess my, my answer to that is obviously people can't stop it right now, so why would you go away from it? But it's not about the battle, it's the war, right? Yep. So I am interested to watch. This use is right by McCaffrey uh, moving forward, but I'm like, Kyle's so smart and brilliant and has people in his ear. Wouldn't they know if they were kind of overusing him? But that is something to watch because, you know, we saw Aaron Rodgers, Diggs, and Chubb. We don't like injuries. It's a violent sport, but that is a topic of discussion, and I'm curious to see how it plays out. Yeah, uh, Guru, Shannon's actually a good friend of mine. You know, he went to Texas, and I played with him. And I've been yeah. I've been talking about it all season long. I don't know how he hasn't seen it. First of all, the 49ers have had the worst injury luck of any team in the league since Shano got there. Uh, he, he The running game, his running backs, like you said, they always get hurt. And Christian McCaffrey always gets hurt, never makes it through a season. I have no idea how he's missing it, but I think he's missing it, man. I don't like it. I don't like it. And you know what's funny, guys, just about sports is coming out of Stanford, I knew McCaffrey was a stud. And he showed us he was a stud early uh, before he got injured in Carolina. But I had forgot all about him. Yeah. All of a sudden, the trade happens last year. And now this guy, I call him Marshall Falk. But you guys are on to something. I'm like, Kyle, maybe you might want to, uh, you know, give him, a, give him a blow. But I'll say this. Elijah Mitchell may not even play. I think he's not playing this Sunday. Yeah. He hasn't had a big workload. And he's always injured. So it's kind of curious to monitor this. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Maybe the trade deadline's end of the month. Maybe you try to pick somebody up uh, to take the workload yeah. off a little bit. Cowboys are in the same boat with uh, Pollard, and now Rico Dowdles are a little banged up. They don't have much behind him. Deuce Vaughn is there. They're in the same little spot uh, in that spot. Hey, uh, Guru, the uh, the division, I know the game on Sunday is one we'll all be watching and talking about, but, boy, that division for San Francisco looks tougher than maybe we thought. We knew Seattle would be good and improved, and they look great on Monday night. And even the Rams are getting Cooper Cup back and Puka Nakua. Uh, that division, I thought it was all San Francisco to start the year. It looks like there will be some real competition in the West. No doubt about it, and that's why we like to see it to see the games played. The Rams blew my mind just winning the time of possession battle a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. against this Niner team. And I do got questions about the Niners secondary and the addition of Hargrave on the D-line because Bosa has one sack, and they haven't been disruptive. But the theory is, well, maybe they could take a step or two back because the offense is so prolific. Mm. That can take you so far. And then Joshua Dobbs in Arizona, I do like their coach and the way they run their offense. They shot Dallas, and then they were within five and went 99 yards on this Niner defense. So you are right. Seattle's a playoff team. So the NFC West, which I dubbed the worst, uh, you know, I got to erase that coming into this season because they look like they got some teams that could play. Yep. No doubt about it. Uh, you're a Cowboys fan in the Bay Area. You mentioned you put it all on Dak here to make a, make some plays. Do you, are you picking the Cowboys Sunday night, or are you going to you know think the Niners get to get another win? I, I, and I, I hate this, and pe- people are coming down my road. 35-17, the Cowboys move the ball, have more trips in the red zone under Mike McCarthy's new offense, uh, but yet they're the version. So I just, until you fix that, until I see Brandon Cooks uh, make contributions and Dak make the, the mm. right reads, I got 35-17 San Francisco. Mm. And the scary part real quick about that is from a mental standpoint, 
if Dallas were to lose this game again to the Niners, I know the season's not over, but how do you get up off the mat knowing your big brother is right there in the Bay Area? So maybe they shock the world and win, but, man, a loss here is – they're going to need Dr. Phil, I believe, from a morale standpoint. <laughs> He's from Dallas. Maybe they can pool. get him. Hey, Guru, man, that's great stuff. We appreciate it. Great I stuff, know it's brother. early out there in the Bay Area. Guys, thank you for the invite. You guys stay in touch. You guys great show. Thanks, thank Guru. you, sir. We will. We'll do that. That's good. He's that's, awesome. That's, here's Cole. Okay. Cole Dixon coming yeah, through. Yeah, we got to bring uh, Guru back on, man. Guru's good stuff. And I love that he's a Cowboys fan. In the Bay Area. In said for uh, – oh, sorry, in the Bay Area. Sorry, I know Phil like that. <laughs> yeah, Dude, in the Bay Area. If, if the Niners score 35 on this defense, That'll be something. Now, they could get some defensive help on that, but uh, yeah, he's not big on Dak well, Prescott I, right now. Well, I think if they do, it'll be because uh, losing Trevon Diggs and, tech, and, and Cowboys' inability to stop the running game. Yeah. Because right now the, 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 the 49ers are throwing the ball vertically more than they've ever thrown it which, with, with Brock Purdy at the helm. And I think a part of that is that teams are trying to stop the they're trying to stop the run, leaving Ayuk one-on-one, and he's their man-beater. So I wonder if, if the Cowboys will put Stephon Gilmore on Ayuk and then bracket roll coverage to the other uh, to Debo and to the other receivers. So we'll see how, how Dan Quinn approaches it. But I love the stat he gave the last time a Brock Purdy uh, led team and Brock Purdy finished uh, started and finished a game. Um, the last time that they were held under thirty points um, in that situation, Cowboys. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn yeah, that's baby. that. And again, people they, those <laughs> games are eight months ago now. But I mean, the Cowboys back to back years in January. Dak Prescott, because ever you know, Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott has had a chance to take his team down the field yeah. to put in the end zone in each game with about five minutes to play, and both mm-hmm. times he failed. Just couldn't do it. Both times he failed. Yep. Um, and that's you know, what, when you, it's not one person, but in the playoffs, Rod, it is. In the, in the playoffs, when you need a drive in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. it's the quarterback that has to take you down the field and stick it in the end zone. The the Cowboys defense has done enough. Remember uh, two years ago when they played totally agree up in up in Arlington, mm-hmm. the Cowboys got to a tough start, but they got back in the game and in the fourth quarter it was anybody's ball game. They had the ball and a chance to go take the lead in both of those football games, and and I think in the in two years ago he threw an interception, yep. and then this year he threw an interception. You know that those are the things you can't do, and that's why Dak has the label he has. As good as he's been, he says the right things all the time. As consistent as he's been uh, when he's healthy. Uh, those are the moments, Rod. You those need, are your moments. You need you need him to step up, put his cape on, and give you some big Dak energy in big moments. And unfortunately, against San Fran, in those big moments, we've gotten small Dak energy. Small Dak. You don't want small Dak. Well, Nobody fourth, wants fourth small quarter, Dak. Late in fourth quarter of playoff games is where quarterbacks' legacies are made. You know, Amen. Stats are stats. You can go to the Hall of Fame without them, but you can't make a legacy. Well, that's why quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow have already surpassed Dak in people's minds. Yeah, like, it take much like, oh, no, they, got, they passed, they passed the Dak. Because we've seen them perform in those critical moments. Yeah, and those are the best. And that's who you have to beat if you want to win a Super Bowl. You can win a lot of wins and win a lot of games, but you want to play deep into January and win Super Bowls, that's when you have to perform at the best because you're playing the best you're playing at that moment. This is a great litmus test for the Cowboys. This is it. I mean, this is, this is why it's so cool to have this game early. You made a lot of offseason uh, acquisitions and changes. Win got Stephon Gilmore, and thank God you did because think about if, Tre- if Trevon Diggs went out and he didn't have Stephon Gilmore right now. Ooh, think about it. exactly, and then you win. Got Brandon Cooks. Uh, you you know you made some moves, and obviously even even you know the moves prior to that. Trey Lance, you got another move. So all those moves could, in theory, help you in this matchup. And now you get to see how close you are after making all those moves to the San Francisco 49ers, to the the, the litmus test. 
We will come back. When we do, we'll go behind the burn orange curtain one more time. Texas and Oklahoma counting down the hours now to the big game. Also, before the end of the hour, a little what's popping on what's Friday. Poppin'? It took them up. This guy sucks. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin, Texas. Sports. The whole. Musical start about a lot noon today. We have a sleep at the wheel. We'll open up ACL Festival. Uh, starting today, first day of two weeks of music out at Zilker Park. Should be a lot of fun. Who's that, Ty? Or Ty? Cole? <laughs> Cole? All-time low. All-time low. Dear Maria. like that. Okay, I sleep at the wheel about 1 o'clock today. Will and clock on the Honda stage. Oh, man. Where are you going to find them? God, if he gets come, but the traffic Mageddon might also, be starting probably, to happen around here. I love Ray Benson and Sleep at the Wheel, and I've seen him a few times. Uh, but and Ray's a great guy. But if you if you're going early, I would be over at the uh, American Express stage to see Devin, Devin Gilfillian. Gilfillian. Yeah, that's what uh, our man Nick Shuley was talking about. Right? This guy can sing, Said, man. Uh, see if you can find us some, some star. See if you can find some Devin Gilfillian there, uh, Cole, because this guy, uh, really talented guy, really talented guy uh, from Morton, Pennsylvania. Uh, soul singer based out of Nashville. These soul days. and gospel. Yeah, you'll like Gilfillian. him. I like yeah. that name. Yeah, it's a good name. But uh, yeah, then they go all day today. Some good. Here we go. Yeah. See. So it's got a lot of soul to it. Devin Gilfillian. I like that. Is the first act opposite uh, Asleep at the Wheel. That'll be fun. But it's today. Weather looks great. Well, what's our current temperature here uh, as we crank this thing up oh, for 75? 70. It was, it was chilly outside, actually. 75 last. exact degrees. Yeah, it was like chilly after the rain came last night. Yes, sir. It was chilly outside last night. I was a little chilly. I was like, oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, so that's today, all day long. Portugal, Portugal the man's a big one at uh, 5 o'clock today. Uh, you, you know who little Yachty is, Ron? Uh, Lil Yachty. Lil yeah. Yachty. Yeah, Lil Yachty. Lil Yachty. Uh, I know who that is. He'll be mm-hmm. at uh, five today. Um, also, Kendrick Lamar. That's the Kendrick, big one. Kendrick tonight. Right, he's a fantastic performer, though. I heard he puts on a hell of a show. He does. Yeah. Like, one of a kind. I usually am not a fan. I'm a, a huge fan of hip-hop, my favorite genre, of course. But hip-hop shows are a little different because not every hip-hop performer puts in the investment into the performance aspect of the show. Just see him him or her just rapping in the hype man up there like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like that. I like when they actually bring out an ensemble. Sometimes they bring out their own band and everything like that. Yeah. That's I think he's he's more on that kick. He's Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. I've seen Kendrick a couple times. I've seen J. Cole, I've seen Drake. But the best the best and the worst. The best is I would say Travis Scott, the worst, DJ Mustard. <laughs> DJ Mustard. My, I think the worst for me was Jeezy. I went to go see Young Jeezy, and it was just horrible. It was just, it was just playing. They just play the music, and you couldn't even hear the music. It was so loud, and then just people yelling and screaming and cussing. And I was like, I don't understand what's going on. But the one of the best was I went to see uh, Jay Z, and Jay Z was legit. The best. The Hova. Yeah. Hova was, was legit. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, by the way, if you're going, um, you can go watch the Texas and Oklahoma game in the tent there, in the beer tent, or somewhere else, and then get there by two o'clock. But uh, there's a great run tomorrow uh, between the American Express stage and the T-Mobile stage. Mount Joy, who I think everybody would really like, right into Tanya Tucker, the legend, right into Alanis Morissette, oh, Noah okay. Khan, and then Foo Fighters. Nice. Because that, that Foo Fighters concert is going to be packed because no one wants to go see Shania Twain, do they? <laughs> Why do you just disrespect I, Shania Twain like that? I don't know. I just I'm sure think if I have a choice, see Shania Twain. there'll be some ladies there. 
Yeah. And then when if there are, lady, like if there are ladies there, There'll dudes are gonna be there. Yeah, that's right why, about that. That's why they do ladies. Ladies get in free. They never do you're dudes. Right, dudes right. get in free. I go to that. She puts on a good show. She's got <laughs> yeah. some hits. Shoot. Oh, Mumford and Sons. That's a big one too. Yeah, Mumford and Sons. My wife is big in them. She likes Mumford and Sons. Yeah, they're playing the Sunday. They're playing the Sunday closer show. Close closer role. Oh, I didn't know Big Big X the Plug was also playing one of these shows. He's he's on the Big X American. He's playing Saturday. Saturday, one of the early shows. Big X the Plug was the man down on campus this yeah. week with a pep rally. And apparently the, the, the players, they knew him a lot. I saw them on social media like, they interacting were him, yeah. and responding. So they're big on Big X the Plug. Big X the Plug. We didn't know much about him. But he does have a really cool song. I like that song. All right. So a little music. We got football and baseball this weekend. We'll preview. By the way, um, uh, as Oklahoma and Texas kick off tomorrow at 11, yes, the Rangers and Orioles will take the first pitch at 12. Astros and Twins at 345. I mean, it's it's all day, man. They, just looking at my – this is the athletic.com. Look, look at the schedule because when mm. you go to the Athletic and you're a subscriber mm. like I am, Rod, they, they kind of feature your teams. Let's look at that. I got Longhorns, Astros, Texans at noon. I mean, it's just all day. It's all weekend. So it's sportsgasm. Sportsgasm. Just, oh, just fantastic. Let's go uh, mm. behind the burn orange curtain one more time. Texas and uh, Oklahoma counting down the minutes. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain. <laughs> Someone says, saw David Banner at Stubbs once. He was all over the place climbing trees and stuff. It was wild. David Banner. Hey, be a performer. As long as you be a performer, it's I'm all getting, good. I'm getting lit up for saying little Yachty. Sorry. <laughs> little I, put y- the, I don't <laughs> hey, know the rappers, man. No, hey, man. I didn't know Big X the plug forever. It took me a while to figure that out. So, uh, All right. Let's uh, talk some Texas. Sorry, Shania. <laughs> Let's talk a little Texas, Oklahoma. Matter of fact, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian because uh, Sark spoke to the media yesterday, talked about a number of different topics. We played a lot of the audio already. Shout out to my man uh, Patrick. Got it cut up, cut up for us. I'll be joining Patrick, by the way. Yeah, thanks uh, for doing l- that. Later on today from 4 to 7, we got our extended kind of roundtable pregame from multiple locations. Uh, Patrick and I will be joining uh, E. Hogan. E. Hogan will be down in Dallas, down in D-Town. Deep uh, Ellum. Deep Ellum will be there at the Terry Black's Barbecue. Yeah, man. That's popping. That's popping. You got my mouth is watering just thinking about it. You even know what you're going to order when you first get there? You should get there early so you can eat. That's my plan. I'm not okay. going to eat anything. <laughs> I haven't eaten anything yet. I'm going to get in the car, and when I get there like 1 or 2 o'clock, oh. I throw and I'm going to eat. Oh, man. That's going to be so good. I'm going to have a hard starving. time deciding. Oh, man. And you can't. Then you got to figure out should you eat something like big because you're no. going to be really hungry? Mm-hmm. Small. Then you're going to put yourself into a coma. I'm just going to build coma. build as the day goes. Oh, you eat multiple <laughs> times. Yeah, I like that. Start slow. Between and two and seven, just kind of build to pick a crescendo. At it. A little nice. brisket. Oh. Ribs. Oh, man. Are you going to have that beef rib? That uh, no, print Fred Flintstone thing? I'll, I'll, I got to drive home, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. You're coming over the same day, too. Uh, all right, I'll, but it, I'll fall asleep. On, yeah, you can't have that. Yeah, y'all be safe on that road. To everybody who's traveling, please be safe on that road. But getting back to Sark, he did speak to the media yesterday, and one of the big topics of conversation, obviously, is about his quarterback, Quinn Ewers, and how well he played last season. Last season, he had a great game in the Texas OU game. He actually has a, a tendency to have his best games in big games. Alabama two years ago, Alabama this year. Texas-Oklahoma last year. Hopefully that continues with the Texas-OU game this year. Here is uh, Steve Sarkeesian talking about how his quarterback has performed well in some of those big games. No, I, I don't notice so much anything different. Um, you know, I think Quinn obviously prepares really well, uh, always does. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I, I'd much rather have the quarterback that can that can perform really well when the, when the lights are shining the brightest than the other way around. And so – 
um, you know, I appreciate, I'm appreciative of that, that, that he definitely shows up in these games. Um, but it's like anything, you know, we've got to have a good plan for him. Um, the players around a quarterback need to play well in game, right? It's not all about him. Uh, we need to make sure that we're playing really good complimentary football with our defense and our special teams. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, it's not always about physical ability. It's about having the mental capacity to to be in the moment, to stay in the moment, and to stay focused on the task at hand, regardless of the emotion in the game. Uh, good stuff there from uh, Coach. Uh, uh, oh, just sidebar here. Uh, 420 Coach, I do have uh, that Mexican OT in, in my phone already. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's, a, that's a rapper? Oh, Lone Star Luchador. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. He's, he's up and coming. That he's, Mexican OT. He's legit. Yeah, he's, he's legit. Just right, throwing yeah. it out there. Thank so you thank you for, for the, the suggestion, though. No, he's legit. He's legit. Uh, okay, getting back to Sark's statement, though. I, I, the the only thing that concerns me in this game about Quinn, because I think Quinn does play his some of his best games in big games, but I think it's I think it's because of Sark. I think Sark ha, does this really um, in depth, right? Uh, really in depth, expansive, thorough um, preparation and game plan for bigger games. Like I think for Alabama, I think Texas was preparing for Alabama for months into the offseason. I think for Quinn, he knew that game plan intimately. He was familiar with all those plays they were going to run because Texas had probably been running them all spring, all offseason, and in training camp in anticipation for that Bama game. So everything that he saw, he 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 was familiar with. He he was not surprised by any of the looks or presentation from Alabama. Sark admitted that other games, Rice and Wyoming, they showed something on the field that they did not prepare Quinn for on film. So Quinn starts a little slow. It takes him a while to diagnose things and takes him a while to to adjust, come up with countermeasures for how they're trying to exploit and attack him. Um, so that's what I'm a little bit worried about. And even think about the Texas OU game last season. What was that Texas OU game last season for Quinn? First game back. So there was a there's a good chance Sark had been telling him for for weeks. Hey, you know your first game back, gonna be OU. Here's the place. Here's the place. <laughs> Here's but get familiar with him. Learn him really right now. These are the places we're going in. This is what we're attacking. This is why we're attacking. He probably gave him the game plan for Texas OU two weeks before Texas OU. Because remember, you have analysts that are coming up with these game plans way beforehand. Yep. And the plays beforehand. So that's why he probably was so prepared and looked so good in that Texas OU game last year, first game back. This game, I think Sark has been in his bag. He's been preparing for it. I think, uh, you know, Quinn's going to look good because Quinn's going to be well prepared for this big-time marquee game. The big but is Kim Kardashian, Nick Minasa, Rudy Minasa, Cardi B, size, making the seven size but is if Brent Venables, who is a defensive mastermind, is able to present Quinn with a look that he is not prepared for. If he does, he'll start slow. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and that and if you start slow, Texas starts slow. Not saying they're gonna lose, but start slow means your opponent stays in the I game think, with you. I, but I also think if they do start slow, which could happen, um, the Texas fans normally would be on pins and needles. But this year, they've shown the ability to start slow and then catch fire. Amen, brother, and make the adjustments. That's yep. the change in this team. Sark has talked about the point of emphasis all offseason becoming a four quarter team and a fourth quarter team finishing games. Uh, they've they've needed to come more consistent, but I think. Since that's become the point of emphasis after the uh, the Wyoming game, I think they've gotten better at being a four quarter team now. Now they, they have finished product, point. but man, the Baylor game and then the Kansas game, uh, you know, Kansas was more about uh, you know missing some field goals and you know shooting yourself in the foot in the red, red zone. zone. Yeah, uh, but boy, they were moving the ball. I mean, you gained six hundred and thirty. I mean, you're coming off a game where you're you're you gained six hundred and fifty yards. You had 
two 100-yard receivers, a 200-yard rusher, and a 325 quarterback. I mean, that's that's as good as you can do it. That was against a ranked team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Oklahoma's the one watching this film going, damn. I agree. And, and see, the what only, are we doing now? I agree. And, and Texas played, you know, backup quarterbacks uh, those last two games, oh, last three games, actually. But the last two games where you're talking about, where Texas coming closer to playing a four-quarter game, not just the fourth quarter of the game. I wonder how that plays against a, a legit quarterback. This is the first one they faced, and I cannot wait to see how they respond. They're up to the task. This defense is for real. I will be. They haven't seen it, though. Very interesting. Because, I mean, again, look, Brett Venables is, is coached a lot of defense. But mm-hmm. And coached in this game a lot. And coached in this game in a this lot. In this game a lot. That's important. But, you know, you watch this team on film, even the really good defensive coordinators are kind of like, man. Scratch my head here. What do we do? <laughs> and it's not like he has those Clemson defenses that he had back then, right? No. I mean, I mean, this is he's still trying to patchwork this defense. They're better at linebacker. They're good on the D line, but not great. Their secondary's faster, but they're still they're they're. By the way, that Peyton Bowen dude's a freshman. You know, mm-hmm. remember when they played Alabama and they had a freshman safety? Yeah, that wasn't good. They Texas, came after. Yeah, they went after him. And yeah, and OU's defense. Listen, it's improved, but I went and watched that Iowa State game. That first half against Iowa State, e uh-uh. Iowa State made some plays. I went look. I, I, OU defense allowed six plays of fifteen plus yards in the first half versus Iowa State. Now they they fixed things and made adjustments in the second half. They only allowed I think one completion of fifteen plus yards in the second half. But the initial game plan for Iowa State, oh they they had uh, OU defense a little confused. They had three runs and three passes of fifteen plus yards, including a fifty one yard touchdown pass and a sixty seven yard reception against that Oklahoma defense. And we know Iowa State they ain't got a lot of weapons. They lost all of them in the gambling scandal. So if you're Texas. <laughs> That gave you a lot of hope watching that first half of that Iowa State game because you can do that and way more. Well, and I think that's why I like Texas so much is just watching Quinn last week. This whole offense is gaining in confidence. Now that they have a bell cow running back, Mm -hmm. the offensive line's coming together with chemistry. It's just, you know, Quinn just stands in that pocket now and he really is confident stepping into his throws. And as you said, Venables has to confuse him, but at some point you only have 11 guys. And then how do you confuse him? At this point, we're looking forward to it because the chess match should be great. It's going to be good. Uh, Texas has to figure out Dylan Gabriel. This will be the best quarterback they've faced by far to this point of the season. I mean, he's better than Jalen Milrow as far as you know, what, you know, the way he can attack you and run his offense. We'll come back when we do uh, last segment of the week. It's what's popping, but certainly not the last segment of this day. we got a lot to tell you about. We're coming back. What's popping? Brand new whip just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that flight stocking. Just I'm this holiday what is poppin'? What is poppin'? Uh, Ty Henderson is here. Not here, so we Not can't there. do our five against five. But I'll put up my picks, Rod. I'll make my picks while I'm driving up to Dallas. My, my deep dive five picks in the college and the pro ranks. I'll put them out on Twitter mm-hmm. later in the show so we can grade ourselves. Maybe Ty will do it as well. But either way, normally go head-to-head. I've had the better of Ty for most of the weeks. But he got me last week by a single game, and it was that damn USC collapse. Oh, Colorado covering uh, against Colorado because that dang Alex Grinch defense. <laughs> uh, Forty-one to fourteen, you can't cover. I don't know how they came back. Come on, man! That's ridiculous. Ended up having to kick an onside kick. That's yeah. terrible. Come on, that is terrible. You know it's not terrible, Ron. On what's popping, we know it's one of the poppinest weekends of all weekends. Talked about it all morning, but uh, yesterday on the Colin Cowherd program on uh, Fox TV, mm-hmm. they had Colt McCoy. He had Colt McCoy on the show. Uh, to talk some NFL football, nice. it's pretty interesting because Colt mentioned that he's still he, he's been contacted by teams, 
but he was so shocked by the Colts, the Cardinals cutting him, right? Because he had run the entire offseason, run first team all through camp, all through uh, preseason, and then they cut him. And so he's just he was he kind of was shocked by it. He didn't want to run back into. He wanted to decompress a little bit. He'll come back and play again, I would imagine. Uh, but here was Colt when asked about uh, who's going to win this Longhorn game against Oklahoma. Of course, Colt won three and one in his career against Oklahoma. Remember that 2008 game when he just mm. shredded them with with Quan Cosby and Jordan Shipley in 2008. Not only did Jordan have that big kick return mm-hmm. when they were down 14 to three, they also those two combined for 20 catches. 20 catches for 234 yards in that game. Yeah, they put Shipley in that, that flex position. Yes, that was a great yeah. Greg Davis move. They it moved was. him over into the flex tight end, and mm-hmm. they, OU has had no idea. No yep. idea to handle that. And uh, Quan had a big game. So, yes, here's uh, here's Colt, though, who, by the way, you know who the defensive coordinator was for Oklahoma in that game? Was it Venables? Brad Venables. Wow. So here is Colt's prediction on this game and what's popping. Yeah, I mean, I think Oklahoma's a little – you know, blistered by last year, right? We beat them forty-nine to nothing, and I don't, I don't think that they, they liked hearing about that all year. But at the same time, I think Texas is better. Yes, Texas is a lot better than what they were last year. Yep. I think they're more experienced, and I also think they play good in big games. So, um, for me, you know, I'm biased, but I think Texas is going to run away with it pretty Woo. early. Ooh, I like that. That's smoke. Hear that, J Mac? This guy's not shy. He's not sitting on the fence. Smoke. Not waffle. <laughs> the, one, the one thing I will say is when I was in college, Venables was the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma. Yeah. And he was always the hardest guy to play against. He always had, a, you know, random corner blitz or, you know, a zone pressure that I hadn't seen before. And you don't have to come back to the sidelines. And, you know, you, he, he has an out, he runs an outstanding defense. So I know they'll have some stuff up their sleeve for Sark and for Quinn. But again, like, I just think Texas is too talented. I think they're playing at a high level. Um, and I think that they're just they're just better right now. Yeah, there you go, there you go, Colt. Yeah, but he also said Venable's gonna throw something at you ain't seen. Oh, he Even will. Cody threw something he ain't seen. That makes me a little worried. And why has that like the texter brought up here, Oklahoma Greg? What's up with that line then? What's that line shit? What does Vegas know that we don't know? Is it the JT Sanders injury, the, the Ryan Watts injury? Vegas knows something that we don't know because they dropped the line significantly. Well, the, well, like the, the line half. drops based on betting. So the, yeah. the, the betters are the money's coming in on OU. Mm-hmm. And that's why the lines come down. Why is the money coming in on OU? There's a million theories. There could be that this is, you know, typically, you know, real professional gamblers will set their bets early in the week, Monday, Tuesday, to try to get the best line, right, before it starts moving all over the place, um, if they know where they want to go, if they're sharp. But at the same time, you know, the, the the general better starts locking in their bets uh, around about Thursday and Friday, right? So if the more money's coming in on OU, uh, it'll swing down. But, it, yes, there has to be something. It, you know, Vegas does, this doesn't move the line to move the line. They move it based on the money coming in on which side. Mm-hmm. They try to balance it back out. So, yes, money is coming in on Oklahoma over the last 48 hours. There's no doubt about that because the line is down to five. But uh, I think the Longhorns cover that line, Rod. I like the Longhorns by two. I do. I like I like the Longhorns. I think they pull away in the second half in the fourth quarter like they've done four out of the, four out of the five games this year. I think year. they're the deeper team. Yeah. I think they're the better team on the lines of scrimmage. They're the better running mm-hmm. team. They've got the – I don't know. I just I, – I don't I, – I you've said it a million times this week, and the Bears are saying again. They have multiple paths to victory. They can win with their offense, their defense. Uh, Oklahoma's only way to win this game is to force some turnovers, which Texas hasn't done much of this year. And Dylan, Dylan Gabriel, Gabriel has go to be off. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to be uh, otherworldly. He's got to have the best game of his career, potentially. Yeah, he needs a 400-yard game because they're not going to run the ball much. Not me. I agree with that. But he could do it.
He could do he it. He could do it. Crazier things have happened Rodney, in this game. Rodney, I'll uh, join you at 4 o'clock today. Yes, sir. Be safe Pretty on that road. special edition. I will. Somebody texted me and said, he's safe. You say, brothers, produce, 18-wheeler, throw up the horns. Give me a honk. Should be hitting Waco <laughs> at the same time. Listen to you guys every day. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that, brother. Thank Cole, you, brother. thank you, too. Good job today, brother. Cole, outstanding job. Thank you to the guru. The guru. He was outstanding. Thank you to Jerry Hamilton. He's also a guru. He was with us earlier. Also, all the conversation. Great job, Cole. Patrick, Rod, myself from Terry Black's Barbecue coming your way at 4 o'clock today, 4 to 7, or actually 4 to Vandergrift Football. Also, tomorrow, Rod and I will be on from 9 to 11, and then our watch party out at uh, the Fieldhouse at the Crossover in Cedar Park, or Leander. Have a great Friday. Rod, good stuff, man. Oh, you sucks.